Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Home isn't just a place. It's a state of mind. Like curling up in a comfy chair while it's cold outside. With a warm drink, or maybe even a wine in hand. As you watch the world go by outside your window. Mmm, short rib. Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home. Refill? Long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. You and I do a lot of things to the extreme on this show. Oh, uh, hell yeah! We overclean, we overwork, we overanalyze, we overread, we overthink. Well, Jolenta, what do you say we talk with somebody out there who is as critical as we are about all of the self-help advice out there? Someone who's poking holes in that way of thinking about overdoing and overthinking. People like Anne Bogle, author of Don't Overthink It. Um, I love Ann Bogle, and I love anyone who tells me I don't have to overdo or overthink anything. <laughs> well, let's do it then, because I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalanta Greenberg. And I'm Ann Bogle. And this is By the Book. Your life is going down the drain. You're in so much pain. You need some help. Ooh, self-help. By the book, 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 by the book. That's right. It's time for another By the Book bonus episode, our between seasons treat for your ears. And as you may have noticed, we have a pattern going here. The last two episodes and this episode as well, we're talking with people who are looking at the self-help world with a critical eye. And today we are joined by Anne Bogle. Anne is an author. She's the creator of the blog Modern Mrs. Darcy and the host of the podcast What Should I Read Next? She's also the author of three books, the most recent of which is called Don't Overthink It, Make Easier Decisions, Stop Second Guessing, and Bring More Joy to Your Life. Kristen, 
I see we have a theme going because, again, I was sick on the day that we were scheduled to talk to Anne. So you took the lead on this interview, and I am very, very grateful. Thank you so much. Oh, I was very, very happy to do it, Jolenta. We all get sick sometimes. And, of course, I love Anne as much as you do. Mm. So the first thing I asked her was, how would you define overthinking? And this is what she said. I think of it as those thoughts that are unhealthy, unhelpful, and repetitive, where our brain is working really hard, but it's not taking us where we want to go. You're not overthinking if you're giving something the amount of thought you want to. You're overthinking if it's wearing you out, not getting anything done, and making you feel crappy in the meantime. Yeah. And you say in your book that women tend to overthink more than men do. Why do you think that is? Well, that's what the studies show. They think it's a little bit biology and a little bit socialization, which will not be any surprise to any woman out there. Yeah. Um, I do think that there is, you know, we we know the terms mental load and emotional labor and uh, women are definitely given more of that in our society than men frequently. So it makes sense that we would be uh, encouraged to overthink, I would say. Absolutely. Something that it was encouraging for me to discover is that the very things I love about the way my brain can work, like thinking about many different things at once, being able to keep many plates in the air, it's those very positive attributes that can undermine me if I'm not mm. aware of what is going on. I mean, those are the things that take you into overthinking, even though they're also some of the things that let me do some of my best work. So can you explain that a little bit more? I mean, what causes people to actually fall into the overthinking trap? Okay. First of all, Kristen, you know, like I'm not a researcher. I don't have a ton of fancy letters after my name. I'm only a researcher in the sense that I wrote books. Um, <laughs> but I'm a person who's dealt with this, who's learned some stuff, and maybe it'll help you. I mean, I've listened to your show. I've read How to Be Fine. This is definitely not like, this is the one right way to do it. But I can see that what I've observed in conversations with my readers and in um, conversations taking place over a thousand girls' nights is that we all seem to have triggers that push us into that territory. Now, like there's the stuff that affects all of us, like decision fatigue. But also what I've observed is some of us do great when it comes to overthinking, unless it has to do with money, unless it has to do with our kids, unless it has to do with, I don't know, shopping for jeans or lipstick. <laughs> hmm. Now, I one thing I love about your book is it, does very clearly lay out certain steps that have worked for you. And I got to say, we've read a ton of self-help books on our show, as you know. A lot of them don't have clear strategies. Not only do you have very clear strategies that have worked for you, but they're broken up into three different sections. So can we walk through the three sections of your book? The first one is set yourself up for success. Well, it's music to my ears that you say the structure is very clear because I'm not a linear thinker and arriving at a structure that looked clear was, um, it could be fodder for great overthinking, but also so hard. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got to say that setting yourself up for success is the most boring part of addressing this topic to me. Like overthinking is a big problem. Like I want a flashy, sexy solution, but <laughs> I was really... This sounds silly to say, but I was surprised in a way to discover that when we drift into overthinking, it's often because we're not we're not taking care of the basics or we're not able to take care of the basics that you need to be a functioning human adult in this world. Like we don't overthink when we are well rested, emotionally content, and 
had a nice, well-rounded meal. We overthink when we're exhausted, when we're stressed out, we just had a fight with a loved one, and we ate Doritos for dinner. So just doing those <laughs> little things like that you know you're supposed to do, um, like moving your body and not just sitting on your butt at your desk all day, which is so easy to do right now in this life, and drinking your water really do make a huge difference in your mental health. Um, in general, you know, not just talking about overthinking. What is good for the body is good for the brain and vice versa. I saw that over and over and over again. And I don't want it to be true. Like I want the hack, you know, the silver bullet, <laughs> the magic bullet I never saw before that's just going to fix everything in a flash. But, um, you know, like stretching my leg muscles has a direct, if not easily perceived correlation between how I approach decision-making and how I may or may not second guess a conversation with a friend. Mm. Love it. Now let's go into the next section of your book. It's called Take Charge. What does that mean and what can we all do that's actionable here when it comes to overthinking? Take charge is when you're um, you're going through your life and you catch yourself in an overthinking spiral. Right then, you got to know what to do to get yourself out of it. That's what that section's about. Mm. And what are some examples of things we can do to get out of that? Ooh, okay. Well, Having just discussed setting yourself up for success, it'll be no surprise to say you can move your body to move your mind. So many times when your brain is stuck, moving your body, whether that's doing jumping jacks or push-ups or taking a walk outside where you not only change your um, what's happening in your mind, you literally change your scenery, can be what we need to snap us out of that mental rut that we feel stuck in. Considering an alternate point of view is really helpful. And I just want to say that um, Decisive by the Heath Brothers is a great book on this. It's all about decision-making. But asking yourself, okay, if my best friend were in this situation right now, what would I tell her to do gives us the perspective we need to see if our overthinking is merited or if we're just, you know, driving ourselves bananas for no discernible good. Um, it's so interesting how that simple shift of perspective can unlock that that cage that we feel trapped in. Um, it seems that too often we are, we think that when we're in our own head, like we have all the information we need to consider the situation clearly, but no, you have too many data points and you can drive <laughs> yourself insane. Um, something else that can be really helpful to many people, it certainly helped me, is a little mental trick called change the channel. If you imagine that your brain is like zoned in on the channel that's replaying that like kind of, ugh, touchy, not so great feeling conversation you had with your partner last night and you're thinking about it and you're thinking about it, well, just think of yourself as watching that show and you're going to consciously turn it off because that's no good and put on something else. But just mm. visualizing, you can't just stop thinking about something. You have to replace it with something else. So you're not just turning off Netflix and watching away. You're deciding that you're done with, wait, I'm just about to compare a fight with a friend to the Great British Baking Show. Okay. <laughs> you are done with Dude Perfect and you are turning on, uh, what's something really great? What are you loving right now, Kristen? I mean, for oh us, it's the West Wing. Oh my gosh. I cannot get, a, you know what I wish? I wish there were like 25 more seasons of Love is Blind. That's what I really want. <laughs> I love it. But truly, oh, and that's another great um, trick for uh, bedtime or the middle of the night. I love to read fiction before bed and I wasn't able to articulate what was so great about that until I started doing the deep dive into why and how we overthink. But I found that what I do when I read my novel before bed is I go to sleep thinking of fictional characters' lives and problems instead of my own. And that oh. doesn't keep me up late. 
That is so smart. That is so, so good. All right, let's look at your last section of your book. The final section is called mm-hmm. Let the Sun Shine In. And of course, when I got to this part of the book, I started singing the song. I couldn't help it. Wait, what um, song? Is there a song? Let the Sun Shine In? Oh, there are a couple of different songs, but the one from the 1960s, I think. I don't know if you ever watched the Flintstones, but there's a season of the Flintstones where the Bam Bam and Pebbles um, end up being big singing stars singing their version of Let the Sun Shine In, which is how I got introduced to it when I was a little kid. I saw, I mean, I must have seen that. I remember nothing. Okay. (laughs) I got to find this. so good. Back to your final section. Let the sun shine in. How can we all do a little bit more of that? Uh, Well, the whole idea here is that so many times we think and we think and we think ourselves out of happiness, but we don't think ourselves into it. But I've really found personally that when I put overthinking aside, I mean, it's not just something that makes me unhappy in the moment. It's something that almost systematically removes these small joys from my life that I really love, that don't take that much time, that don't take that much trouble. But like so many people, and I know because again, talking to blog readers, talking to people talking at girls' night, um, we just think ourselves out of happiness one step at a time. I can tell you some things that have really made a difference for me. Well, first of all, um, figuring out how to not overthink a change of plans in the moment. Um, I'm sure you've seen the memes that are like, I adore spontaneity as long as it's carefully planned. Um, (laughs) I have not historically done great when plans go awry. Um, And so – figuring out some strategies in advance to cope when things inevitably change on you at the last minute. You know, like when you're out the door to a picnic and it starts storming, it would be so easy for me to just, you know, kind of sulk and be sad instead of seeing an opportunity and moving in a change of direction. But a big thing I found is for money for me and not just, um, the big stuff like splurges, although I have had to consciously develop a philosophy that enables me to not feel awful about like going out for a special dinner. Um, okay, spoiler alert. It's all about seeing things from the like, what kind of experience am I getting and not mm. how much is this occasion going to cost me per minute of my life? Um you know, like my mom taught me to shop with the cost per wear philosophy. And so I think my brain used to try to extrapolate that to special experiences. But you can't cost per your minute. You can't cost per minute your way to like a great front row seat ticket experience that costs the big bucks. Do you know what I mean? Um, But like just the, I didn't really realize how much I thought my way out of the tiny things. Like- I'm sorry if you've read the book and you've heard me tell the story 9 million times, but Trader <laughs> no, Joe's no, Flowers <laughs> was my big epiphany. I had this moment where I went to Trader Joe's, I put the flowers in my cart, I walked around the store, I wondered if the flowers should be in the cart, I put them back, I got them again, I put them back. And so an hour later, I get home, I realize I didn't get some of the things I needed on my list because my brain was running the program that went, do I get the flowers? Do I get the flowers? Do I get that? You know, like my mental bandwidth was occupied by this 
really, it was a $3.99 question. There've been times in my life when I didn't have four bucks to spare for flowers, but that wasn't it. Like that wasn't the issue. It was just, am I worth it? Do I deserve it? Can I justify it? Is this best? It was really, it was just straight up perfectionism. Um, And once I was able to identify that and be like, Anne, the flowers make you really happy and they're four bucks. And maybe you could actually get the stuff on your list. If you just decide for yourself right now, if you go to Trader Joe's, you haven't been in a week and the peonies in your yard aren't actively blooming, just buy the flowers, put them in your cart, bring them home, don't overthink it, put them in a vase, enjoy them for a week. Like everybody's going to be so much happier. Ugh, and that's flowers, that. but maybe your <laughs> thing is pens or maybe it's nice t-shirts or maybe it's buying the Dove instead of the Hershey's Kisses. Nothing against Hershey's. Maybe your thing is Hershey's Kisses instead of gum. <laughs> I don't know, but- but we, um, so many of us have these little things we love, but we don't do just because we don't really have a good answer to that. Yeah. Oh, I love that example, though. The idea of you just getting the flowers would result in you buying all the other staples on your list, but instead you went home with less than what you needed and less of what you wanted. And that's such a good lesson. I just, I love that. Right. And something I've really come to believe about overthinking is I think we tend to think of it as this thing that's kind of annoying. And so we wish we could stop so we don't experience that annoyance in the moment. But I really believe now that when we overthink, it's not just like we're kind of annoyed sometimes. It comes at this massive opportunity cost because all the time, all the mental energy we spend thinking about things that don't want, need, or deserve our attention is, I mean, that's time that we could spend doing other better things that bring ourselves and others joy, or at least don't actively drag us down. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we have all your listener questions for Anne. So stay with us. Home isn't just a place. It's a state of mind, like curling up in a comfy chair as you watch the world go by. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. We are back with Anne Bogle, author of the new book, Don't Overthink It, Make Easier Decisions, Stop Second Guessing, and Bring More Joy to Your Life. And now, Anne, we have loads of listener questions for you. We actually have um, just some of the listener questions that came in because so many came in that we can't get to all of them or we would be here for about eight more hours. <laughs> but <laughs> let's start with this one from Mike. Mike says, 
Once my mind starts going, inertia takes over and all of a sudden one little initial thought is pulling along 100 other thoughts behind it. Is there anything to do to stop the little thought before it gains too much momentum and snowballs into multiple thoughts? Oh, first of all, I mean, it's not just you. (laughs) We talked about some of those earlier strategies, like you could change the channel, for example, or um, move your body to move your mind. But another thing you can do is distract yourself. And this is one of those strategies that I thought, like, really? When my 10-year-old is losing his mind, I try to distract him. Like, is this really a grown-up strategy to combat overthinking? But the answer is yes. If you think of it like writing out a craving, you don't have to resist that chocolate cake for four hours. Like, if you can do it for four minutes, it often loses its appeal. So if you can do something different for four minutes, you're great. And this does not mean scrolling Instagram. That's not engaging enough. That's more passive. You want to do something. Actually, there's a lot of research about the game of Tetris. It involves your brain. Oh, yes. I, I love Tetris. I so love I. I Tetris. Love so much. <laughs> or a um, multi-sensory experience like jigsaw puzzles plus audiobooks. Or you can Ooh. go for a run. And I don't mean to hammer the exercise, except it's really effective, um, especially if maybe like a lot of people, if they're running down the sidewalk, that's not distracting enough. But if you're running trails that require you to look really carefully so that you don't like, you know, trip and fall on the roots, or if you're doing agility drills, like something that's very demanding for your mind and if it involves your body too, that's great. Like jigsaw puzzles plus audiobooks can be a great combination for a lot of people. Love it. Love it. I just want to say we're all stress baking right now, and it's an excellent distraction. Unless you're an accomplished baker who knows the recipes by heart, it's tactile, it involves your brain, you have a lot to keep track of, it's multi sensory. Oh. It's, I, it, there's a reason that we're turning to that. <laughs> I thought it was because we like to eat carbs, but <laughs> oh, m- we're multisensory. You know, it's scientific. Yes. <laughs> also, um, yes to the carbs. My daughter's made a cake last night that is taunting me from the kitchen counter, so I've had to write out a craving or two in the last the last 24 hours. <laughs> and I ate nachos for dinner last night, so we all win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alicia has this to say. How does one stop trying to anticipate and plan for every negative outcome? Before I make a decision, I try to foresee every variable and think through the implications. I don't necessarily think that's all bad because careful planning has often helped me complete projects and plans. But I know I do get stuck thinking Mm -hmm. I can prepare for everything, and that's just not true. Mm -hmm. Um, I relate to this. And I just want to say that I was completely blind to the tie between perfectionism and overthinking before I really started digging into this topic. Um, I've described myself as a recovering perfectionist for a long time, um, but I didn't realize what a hold it still had on me in insidious ways that I didn't, I wouldn't have identified as perfectionism. And until I could label it and say like, Anne, this is what we're dealing with here. I mean, if you think you're behaving in a perfectly rational way that's serving you well, you're not going to try to change it. But um, if we're trying to plan for every eventuality, I mean, I told you we're watching the West Wing right now. Sometimes you want to plan for every eventuality, lest you end up in the sit room in a bad way. But when you're just living your regular life, if you're planning for every single possible thing that could happen, it sounds like perfectionism might be at play. Laura has this question. How do we avoid overthinking in such tenuous times? The pandemic brings so much uncertainty. It makes it easy to overthink. It absolutely does. I really relate to this. Um, To Laura, I'd say, I mean, it depends on what sets you off. 
But if you can limit yourself, you may be able to free yourself. And let's just talk about the news specifically, because I know that's something tripping up a lot of people right now. Um, Try thinking about a smart, easy to remember, easy to follow way you could limit your news intake so that it's helpful, but so you don't drown in it. So you could limit yourself to check a news source just one time per day. You could limit yourself to just one news source. Like maybe you only get your news from the New York Times, or you only get it from your governor's briefing. Or you could set a time cap on it. Like you can do a deep dive for 15 minutes, but no more. Mm. Yeah, I've been trying to do that lately because you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I found myself staying up all night, not just reading my regular news sources, mm-hmm. but also I would get onto Twitter then, and then I would read all the links on Twitter, and then mm-hmm. I would get caught up in dumb comment wars with people. And I'm, you know, thinking, this isn't helping me be more informed, which is why I first started reading the news was mm-hmm. to be more informed. It's just winding me up. Yeah. So You know what else is so interesting? And again, I was blind to this until I started diving in, but I I think public health is fascinating. I took some courses in college. I think it's interesting to see how a pandemic plays out and what we choose to do about it. Um, I'm intellectually curious. Kristen, do you know that intellectual curiosity can get you into all kinds of information trouble? Because (laughs) when you're pursuing information for its own sake, because it's interesting, there's no natural cutoff. And I mean, if you want to take on a pet project, that's fine. But For me, I'm often doing that at the expense of something else. And not only that, if I'm making a decision, what you were saying about researching a ton at the beginning of the pandemic made a lot of sense to me because your book came out on March 17th. My book came out on March 3rd, um, which was very early days. I did a ton of research right after I got back from New York that first weekend, figuring out, do do we do our events next weekend or do we cancel them? Because it wasn't clear, this sounds silly now, but it wasn't clear at that point. So I was totally deep diving for a purpose. But at a certain point, I had more data points than I needed. And that didn't make the decision easier. It just muddied the waters. Yeah, so absolutely. Intellectual Gosh, curiosity. Like such a long time ago, by the way. Oh, doesn't it? <laughs> But that's a great trait. But if we're, when we're aware of how our positive traits, you know, the things we wouldn't want to change about ourselves, when we're aware about how they can get us into trouble in certain ways, it's easier to not fall in that big ditch. Oh, I love that. I love it. All right. Here's a question from Marla. She says, due to terrible past relationships, I tend to overthink negatively mind read and project problems onto my current partner instead of just taking my partner's words and actions at face value. How can I get past this kind of overthinking? Um, I know what this means. Like, I I like the Mm -hmm. negatively mind read uh, term (laughs) because, oh, he's just thinking da-da-da-da-da. Or, oh, I just know that she's thinking this and I, Mm -hmm. I, now I'm mad about this and the partner Mm -hmm. hasn't even said anything. It's Mm -hmm. just negatively mind reading what you think Mm -hmm. they're thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Again, not a therapist. Don't play one on podcasts. But um, (laughs) going back to what would I tell my best friend to do in this situation? Another thing you can do is noting how your brain so easily goes straight to the negative every time is consider a positive interpretation of their actions or even a neutral one. It's just the intellectual exercise, the effort it takes to consider a different point of view that gets us out of that negative rut, or it can. Another thing you can do is speak your thoughts aloud. A lot of times when you speak them, they lose their power. It doesn't necessarily mean that you should
should speak them to your partner, but speaking them to a friend um, or another trusted individual, whether they're, they're a professional or just someone you know can also be very helpful. When we get, oh, um, Nadia Boltz Weber spoke at my church and I don't remember what she was talking about, but she shared something she learned in recovery. She said, your head is like a bad neighborhood. You shouldn't go there alone. And so when you are stuck in that (laughs) negative thought cycle, getting out of your head and bring those words into the company of someone else can be really, really valuable. (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. Um, All right. Here's a question from Christina. Christina says, when it comes to my career, I tend to overthink things because of past experiences that have left me stuck, sidelined, and underpaid. After floundering for so long, I don't want to make those mistakes again, but now I'm stuck because I'm terrified that I'll make another decision that backfires. Help me. (laughs) I just want to say Q&A is my favorite part at any book event, and it's fun to be able to do this vicariously. Oh, yay. I'm so so thank you for that. Thank you. Okay. Well, let me tell you this. Let's just mention perfectionism may be at play. Um, I want to say, think about what your values are in your career. And I know that you don't want to make decisions out of fear. Decisions we make out of fear aren't good decisions. And also I want to say, it sounds like you were in that place in your career for a long time. Anything we practice over time, we get good at. And it sounds like you've gotten really good at these mental scripts that you're now still executing. If you slowly are able to rewrite those scripts with more with more positive thoughts about your career, you will get good at those things through practice. Mm-hmm. It takes time. It's not easy at first, but once you get rolling, it gets easier and it'll feel really rewarding. Wow. I'm never promising anyone like you can eradicate overthinking entirely. It's not like that, but can it be a little better? Like, yeah, it probably can. We are going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, Kristen has one last hot question for Anne. Stay with us. Home isn't just a place. It's a state of mind. Like curling up in a comfy chair as you watch the world go by. Good afternoon. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. are back with Anne Bogle. And Anne, we have just one last question for you. Do you actually practice what you preach? Or are you still someone who overthinks from time to time? Can, oh my gosh, I'm totally someone who still overthinks from time to time. <laughs> but can I just tell you that if you write a book called Don't Overthink It, your husband, your kids, and your publisher will quote your own words to you, or, or they'll make bad jokes like, ah, don't overthink it. Who cares? Don't overthink it all the time. Um, I will tell you the thing I have been practicing nonstop in this quarantine. So you asked a question about that before. Um, there 
is this phrase that sounds so boring and esoteric that has completely changed my life. It's values-based decision-making. Like what I've really learned to do that I that really helps me overcome overthinking and that I rely on all the time that I'm so glad I found is to figure out um, what values need to drive the decision I'm facing and let it lead. What I've discovered is that so many times you think you're making a decision about one thing, but really you discover that the question's not actually about that at all. Like you think you're making a decision about, um, do we want to have a barbecue with friends Saturday night? But really the question is about um, isolation and safety and caution and public welfare right now. And just being able to identify the question behind the question and what I care about that really matters in that in that decision has absolutely changed my life. And it's something I'll be thinking about a lot as more states start to open up, as we look at choices to make for our family, for our finances, for our school, for our business. Like what's really at stake here? Um, and what do we really care about? Like back when we were canceling book tour, the question, usually the question would be, do we prioritize and do we value getting together in person with readers, supporting these independent bookstores by having events there? Is it worth the time? Is it worth the energy? Is it worth the travel? Like usually those are the values that would be leading that decision. But back in March, that all changed. And we started thinking, okay, we have competing values here. Do we want to prioritize health and safety or do we want to prioritize supporting local businesses and publishing. Like those are two things I care deeply about, but being able to articulate, you know, this decision isn't just about going to Georgia for the weekend. It's about bigger things that have lasting significance. And sometimes, you know, sometimes they're in conflict with each other, but just being able to name, this is what I'm facing right now, makes it so much easier to move forward in confidence. And to be clear, like I'm talking about a decision to cancel book tour. I don't have to like the answer for it to be the right answer, but just realizing what the stakes are, what issues are at play and what my part in that is, has just given me a lot more peace about being able to make those decisions, especially when they affect other people, and feel satisfied with them, even if I don't like them at all. Mm. Oh. Well, Anne, this has been so fantastic. I think that everybody here listening is just taking notes and thinking about all the ways that they can maybe think a little bit less. <laughs> <laughs> um, reminder, Anne's new book is called Don't Overthink It, Make Easier Decisions, Stop Second Guessing, and Bring More Joy to Your Life. Also, be sure to check out her podcast, What Should I Read Next, and her blog, Modern Mrs. Darcy. All of the above are just fantastic. Thank you so much, Anne. Thank you, Kristen. And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Huge, huge thank you to our amazing production team at Stitcher. Nora Ritchie, Jared O'Connell, and Andy Christens. And of course, big thank you to Daisy Rosario, our executive producer, and Chris Bannon, Stitcher's chief content officer. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, to Gerald Arnold, who arranged this season's version of the theme song, and to our very own Nora Ritchie, who performs the theme song with such grace, such style, such beauty. Some people have written in to say they have a crush on her voice because it's so beautiful. It's very crushable. <laughs> also, stay in touch with us. Send us questions you have, suggestions for books to live by, thoughts on self-help, or just thoughts. Our email address is kristenangelenta at gmail.com. 
gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Instagram at ByTheBookPod or on Twitter at ByTheBookPod. And, of course, you can leave us a voicemail. Maybe you'll hear your voice played on the show. You can call us at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. Also, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps other people find the show. We love it when you leave us some stars. We know you're all made out of star stuff. Maybe, you know, spread some of that star stuff to us. We'll take some five-star reviews if you want to send them. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Until next time, I am Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. And do you overthink shit? Stitcher. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.